Hi, this is Butch Patrick. You might know me better as Eddie Munster, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now... Here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. And welcome to Season 5 of On Screen and Beyond. This is Episode 177. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we start our Season 5 with none other than Eddie Munster. That's right, Butch Patrick is going to be joining us. And uh, Butch is going to be a lot of fun to talk with. He's done a lot of things. And, of course, who can forget him as Eddie Munster? I mean, you know, <laughs> what more can we say about that? And uh, let's see, I was looking back at Season 4 of On Screen Beyond. And if you didn't listen to all the episodes, you, you've really got to go to onscreenandbeyond.com Take a look at Season 4, and for that matter, you can look at Season 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, but in Season 4, we had guests like Kevin Sorbo from Hercules, Angela Cartwright from The Sound of Music and Lost in Space, Peter Tork of The Monkees, Oscar nominee Candy Clark from American Graffiti, Leah Thompson from uh, Back to the Future, Oscar nominee Tess Harper from Tender Mercies, Ruth Buzzy from Laugh-In, Barry Livingston from My Three Sons, Governor Jesse Ventura, Dee Wallace from E.T., Hal Linden of Barney Miller, and just so many others. It's just a, a great group of people and an amazing bunch of stories that you can hear nowhere else but right here on On Screen and Beyond. Uh, there's just, you know, nowhere on the Internet can you go and find all these people in one spot. They're all right here at On Screen and Beyond. And, of course, you can also hear all our other people who we have interviewed. And uh, there's just a, a, an amazing list of and Bob Barker, Taylor Lautner. It just goes on and on. So check it out at onscreenandbeyond.com. As I said, Season 5 is starting, and Butch Patrick's going to be joining us. And, you know, had a nice break in between Season 4 and Season 5. Had a chance to uh, take a little time off and everything, and uh, took a nice break. Went to Chicago for a while. What a wonderful city. If, uh, if you ever get a chance to go to Chicago, check it out. It's a wonderful place to go visit. And now it's time to get back to work. Season 5 is here, and it starts right now. So let's find out by taking a look at what's coming your way in theaters and on DVD in September. Believe it or not, there's not one remake coming your way in September. So, what else is there to see? Well, you can look for an all-star cast on September 9th in Contagion. As it comes your way with Matt Damon, Jude Law, Kate Winslet, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Lawrence Fishburne as a star in a film about a deadly disease that threatens the world. Also on the 9th, you can look for Nick Swartzen and Christina Ricci to star in Buck Larson, Born to be a Star. And on September 16th, Drive comes your way with Ryan Gosling as a stunt driver by day and getaway driver by night. And also on September 16th, it'll bring us I Don't Know How She Does It with Sarah Jessica Parker and Greg Kinnear and uh, Pierce Brosnan. And on September 23rd, look for Taylor Lautner, who's been a guest on On Screen and Beyond twice, uh, as he stars in Abduction and Moneyball, starring Brad Pitt Jonah Hill and Philip Seymour Hoffman about a baseball flick and look for Morgan Freeman and Ashley Judd, Chris Christopherson and Harry Connick Jr. to bring us Dolphin Tale inspired by a true story. 
And that's it for new movies. we got a sequel coming up in just a minute right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, there's a, there is one in September coming your way, and it should be a crazy movie. It's called Johnny English Reborn. Of course, uh, it uh, starts on September 16th as Rowan Atkinson returns as the clumsy secret agent. So it should be a lot of fun with that one. That is it for Sequel City on On Screen to Beyond for movies coming away in September. But next on On Screen to Beyond, we're going to take a look at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD right here. Next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TV on DVD coming your way in September. It looks like September 6th. You can look for Airwolf, the movie. Also, season six of Criminal Minds, Fringe, season three, The Good Wife, season two, No Ordinary Family, season one, and The Office, season seven, along with Parks and Recreation, season three, and Two and a Half Men, season eight. September 13th, look for Third Rock from the Sun, season one and season two, and The Big Bang Theory, season four, Blue Blood, season one, Community, season two, Danny Phantom, season one, and Glee, season two, volume two, as well as Grey's Anatomy Season 7. September 20th, look for Castle Season 3, Hawaii Five-0 Season 1, the new Hawaii Five-0, and Hawaii Five-0 Season 11, the old one, and Hung Season 2, Macmillan and Wife Season 6, The Mentalist Season 3, Modern Family Season 2. And on September 27th, look for Army Wives Season 5, How I Met Your Mother Season 6, Kojak Season 2, and The Monkees, Season 1 and Season 2. That's it for TV on DVD coming your way in September. Next on On Screen and Beyond, movies coming your way in September. Movies coming your way in September on DVD. September 6th, Everything Must Go with Will Ferrell. September 13th, Thor with Chris Hemsworth. And The Politics of Love, a romantic comedy coming your way also. And on September 20th, look for Bridesmaids as it lands on DVD. That's about it for movies coming your way on DVD in September. Next, we have our interview with none other than Eddie Munster, Butch Patrick. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. We start off Season 5 of On Screen and Beyond with an actor who was the star of Sid and Marty Croft's show Lidsville from 1971 to 1973, but he will always be known for his role as Eddie Munster on the classic 60s TV show The Munsters. It's Butch Patrick. Butch, it's a pleasure to have you here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, Brian, it's my pleasure to be with you. Thank you. So many people watch that show. Being a child actor on a classic TV show like The Munsters, after it was done, did it make it difficult? Did everybody always see you as Eddie Munster? You know, it's funny. Uh, a lot of times you hear the term, you know, you've been typecast. And uh, 
And for me, that actually was the farthest thing from the truth because, you know, when I was doing the Munsters, I was under a lot of makeup. So I just took the, you know, the makeup off, the ears and the widow's peak, and uh, put on some long pants and went over to Disney and started working right away and uh, continued to work. Um, I worked before the, before the Munsters and a few series. I did General Hospital for a year, and I did The Real McCoys for a year. Right, yeah. So by the time the Munsters came along, that was my third series in about five years for a kid. That was pretty good. And then afterwards, I continued to work as well. So, um, no, I never did get typecast as any Munster to answer your question. While you're working on the Munsters, did you still go out and do auditions for other roles, or, or because you were on a show, you couldn't, or how did that work? Uh, no, I didn't, honestly, because we just worked so much. The first year, we did 39 episodes, which is, you know, that's a pretty full pretty full schedule. That's like the three, four year years of, of now. <laughs> yeah, today they do 18 to 20, you know, is considered to be a run, and so we were doing full-time work, no doubt. And another thing, back then, you know, you really didn't do, if you were on television and doing a series, you didn't really branch off too much and go to the well of doing any kind of uh, talk shows or movies or anything of the like because your scheduling was such. Mm-hmm. And then for me, uh, I would like to enjoy the, uh, the school, you know, but what they did for me in the, summer, in the summer months when I wasn't in school, they would load me up with the scripts that had all the Eddie, you know, the big, the big heavy Eddie parts. So um, when we were definitely off, the 39 weeks was up, my, my, uh, my 12 or 13-week hiatus, I really took full advantage of it and relaxed. We've had a lot of different child actors on the show. Uh, were you in classes with other people who were uh, child actors? Uh, when I was doing the Munsters, I was the only kid on the Universal lot, unless someone came on as a guest star on my show. Really? So uh, I didn't get a chance to see too many other kids. I was pretty much by myself, which was, you know, which was okay. I had a really cool teacher, and um, the Universal lot was a great place to go exploring when I had some free time. I spent a lot of time out at the McHale's Navy Lagoon, mm. which I really thought was a cool place to hang out. And uh, my uncle used to supply horses as a wrangler to a wagon train in the Virginian, so I would see my uncle... And my uh, my half cousin was a stunt double for Zorro. He was like Zorro's stunt double at Disney. Wow! So even though um, nobody else was acting, I had a few people in my family that were in the business from Western props, horses, and stunt stunt doubling. Mm-hmm. Now, how did it all start for you? How did you begin uh, even thinking about being an actor? Uh, well, I was in the second grade, and my little sister was taken up to do a photo shoot. Uh, they thought she might make a cute little girl to be on television. And Don Grady's mother, Don Grady from My Two Sons, who played Robbie, mm-hmm. was a friend of a friend. And I went along for the ride, just really for the, for the lack of a babysitter. I, they just took me along, and, they, and the gentleman, uh, Amos Carr was his name, and he took some photos of me, put him in his window on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, Mary Grady uh, got some calls from people that noticed the pictures, and... She put me on out three interviews. My first three interviews, I got a movie, a commercial, and a series, meaning General Hospital. So uh, back then in the early 60s, there weren't a lot of kids doing a lot of work. There was a few of us, but uh, once I started, and I started fairly quickly, it, uh, it kind of steamrolled. You know, I, I then did My Favorite Martian and Mr. Ed's and uh, I Dream of Genies and Death Valley Days and just all of the Untouchables, did Ben Casey, wow. a lot of the old black and white series uh, classics. Uh, oh, yeah. Period. Jeez, yeah, I mean, you, you go on and you, you guest start on all these. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I did Westerns, Rawhide and Gunsmokes, Bonanzas, um, a lot of good stuff. I could ride a horse, which helped quite a bit back then, too, because a lot of Hollywood kids weren't, weren't very adept at riding on, on the backs of horses. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were acting uh, on the show, did you have much time to watch television, and, and did you enjoy any other certain shows? Well, I've always been a fan of The Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. Um I, I've always been one of my all-time favorite shows. Uh, I did enjoy westerns back then. The Rifleman was one of my favorites, and uh, 
you know, I did watch Gunsmoke and a few of the others like that, but um, I uh, didn't watch a lot of TV because by the time I would get home, it would be about 7 o'clock, and we'd have dinner at 7.30, you know, 8 o'clock. I'd be asleep by about 9, because I had to get up the next day at 5.30 to start the day over again. So, wow. But I've always enjoyed the, I, you know, I still enjoy the Honeymooners and a lot of things. I remember the old, old shows. I'm fairly old, so I remember The Life of Riley and, uh, you know, I Married Joan mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. and the Gail Storm show and all these old shows from, <laughs> from the 50s and 60s. When you were doing those early roles, were there ever, ever any roles that you uh, tried out for but you didn't get? Oh, sure. I, I, I got a lot of roles. I mean, I, I had a pretty good batting average, but there were some roles that I didn't get, and there's a couple of roles that I turned down uh, in my infinite wisdom that I should have taken. Um, I never got a chance to do a Twilight Zone. I, I know Bill Mummy, a good friend of mine, did three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never did a Star Trek, and I was a Star Trek fan. I was hoping that I might have done that once. Um, but that's, those are the only two that come to mind. And when I was 16, 17, right after I did the list, so I was 18, I had met a gentleman named George Lucas who asked me to cut my hair for a part uh, that he was writing, a movie up in Modesto called American Graffiti. And I told him, I said, no, thank you. As much as I would like to cut my hair and go up to Modesto and do this movie for you, I don't think I will. And it turned out to be Richard Dreyfuss' part, the starring role wow. in American Graffiti. And then my mother asked why I never got an uh, interview for Star Wars for Luke Skywalker. I said, I don't think George is going to let me say no twice. <laughs> <laughs> so how did the role of Eddie Munster come about for you? Um, well, I had uh, just completed The Real McCoys. I had moved back to a little town in Illinois with my grandmother to get some norm, you know, normality going. I went to the fifth grade in parochial school back then. Uh, when The Munsters was cast, they had gone to a lot of kids in Hollywood, and they still hadn't quite made up their mind. And at the final... Uh, shoot for the uh, for the uh, for the execs to show the pilot. They brought in, they flew me in, and they also brought in Yvonne DiCarlo. So Yvonne DiCarlo and I uh, actually did a scene together in the kitchen. And after that scene, they had pretty much um, they had a kid named Happy Derman who was in the pilot. They had let him go. They had hired me. They hired Yvonne DiCarlo and let Joan Marshall go, who was playing a woman named Phoebe. So at the last eleventh uh, hour, so to speak, they brought in me as Eddie and uh, and uh, Yvonne DiCarlo as Lily, and then the cast was in place, and we went on to um, become what is now known as a pretty classic TV, you know, TV icon, Eddie Munster and Lily Munster and the whole cast. Oh yeah, Phoebe just doesn't sound <laughs> doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, Lily, yeah, they hit, you know, they really did. They did it. They had a good thing going, and it, they hit. They, I think they hit a real home run with that show. I was. Just lucky enough to be at the right place in the right time, and and uh, I fit into the characterization well. And it just I was very small. My eye teeth stuck straight out. They actually looked like fangs. Fred was very tall, and um, we had a good chemistry. We had a lot of good chemistry. Oh yeah. Was it hard being the only kid on the set? Or, you know, with all the adults. Mm-hmm. No, um, you know, sometimes it was uh, only in makeup three days a week. But I they used to call me a thirty-nine-year-old midget because I always acted. You know, like an adult, I hung around adults. But, um, you know, you could still be a kid by yourself and run around and run amok and, you know, ride your bicycle around a lot. I would spend a lot of time going down to George Barris's shop on my lunch hour to see what he was up to and what kind of cars he was creating because I was, a, you know, a kid and, and a young kid at that. But I always enjoyed cars. And then, you know, you'd go around to other lots and see, you know, what are the sound stages and other lots, and I'd be working you know, around the clock sometimes on various different studios. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned those those cars that he was making. Uh, of course, he made the uh, uh, what they call the Munster Coach, mm-hmm. and uh, also the the dragster, the, the coffin dragster there. The Dragula. Dragula. Okay. Yeah. 
Now, now, do you ever get to play around in those things? Well, I rode around him as a kid. I've driven him now as an adult, both of them. In fact, I'm at a car show, I'm at a car show right now. Tomorrow I will be at a Dead Man's Curve hot rod party. So the Munster coach has inspired people. Anybody who really builds hot rods and, and you know, today that are friends of mine, they, most of them were inspired by George Barris and the Munsters. And uh, there'll be a Batmobile there and the Monkey Mobile will be there. As a matter of fact, Peter Tork will be there uh, from the Monkeys. Yeah. That was a show that I did as well when I was 14. I did the Monkeys Christmas episode, which... Yeah. Um, I never was very excited about the work that I did, but when I was 14 years old, I could go back to junior high school and tell them that I'd worked with the monkeys. That was a pretty red letter day for me. I'm sure. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jeez. How long were you in makeup when you were getting into uh, character? About an hour a day for me. Fred Gwynn was a couple hours, wow. and then everybody else fell somewhere in between. And, and the good news was we were only in makeup three days a week, as that was the filming schedule. Yeah. Now, when they started the show, you didn't have the little, what they, what they call the, the widow? Really yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they didn't. They, had, they basically had no eyebrows. I didn't have any bushy eyebrows. I had no widow's peak, and they just they looked at it, and they said it, it just doesn't seem like that offspring of Lily and Herman Munster would be so cute. So they had to add a little bit of an edge to me, and they, uh, Mike Westmore, my makeup man, came up with the hairpiece and the bushy eyebrows, and uh, that's uh, that's what everybody remembers me as. Oh yeah, yeah, jeez. Yeah. I have people coming up to me constantly that say I was called Eddie Munster all my life because they have a small widow's peak of some sort. And I go, well, can you imagine how I would have felt, you know? <laughs> you think you got issues, right? <laughs> Is it tough when people come up to you and, and, and instead of calling you Butch, call you Eddie? It's okay. It happens all the time, though. Yes. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I, like, I like it when they ask me, was that your real hair? I said, yes, and, and my receding hairline is now normal. <laughs> now, was it a close cast? Yes, we were very close. How old were you when you were on the show originally? 11 and 12. 11 and 12. Wow. Mm-hmm. You, look, you looked younger than that. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was, I was perfect for Hollywood. I was, I, looked tw- I, I was 12, I looked about 9, and I mentally was about 16. So I had good memorization skills, although I looked very young, and I could, uh, you know, I could handle it because I was a little older than I looked. Yeah, yeah. What are your favorite memories? I'm sorry. What were your favorite memories? Oh, oh, oh! My my favorite memories were, were hanging around the uh, the special effects guys. They were just up to something really cool. I enjoyed Mike Westmore, who was my makeup man, and going up to the lab to see what he was creating, and driving around in the cars. I mean, the the uh, the stuff on the on the peripherals of the show. The, the guest stars were always great. The cars were cool. The makeup and the special effects were a lot of fun. And then in, in the meat of this whole thing was a really cool cast at the center of it all. Yeah. What, what was and Fred the crew like? Was really ni- and the crew was very nice to me because they had been with Leave It to Beaver for seven years. So it was very kid-friendly. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So what was Fred Gwynn like? Nice guy. Nice guy, yeah. Really talented. A musician, an artist, uh, illustrated children's books, uh, Harvard grad, you know, old old money, old old blue blood money type of thing. Very, uh, very much a Renaissance man. Yeah. Now he, you say he he played music. Um, did, is that did that influence you at all? When because you know you played music too, right? 
Well, yeah, I actually don't really play music. I'm like the original Munster Manili. I um, <laughs> wrote the lyrics, and my my producer played the bass, and I faked that. And then I wrote, I did like like I said, I wrote the lyrics, but I had my guitar player sing. But in the early '70s, um, after I did Lidsville, the rock group Sugarloaf's manager and producers had um, tried to get me into the teeny bop thing. When Bobby Sherman was let go by Metro Media Records, they got me a record contract, and we toured around. I did American Bandstand. I did a lot of um, live things, but they were always lip-singing with, uh, with pre-recorded music. So I'm really not a musician, although I do have a song coming out called It's Only Halloween. We just did a dance mix um, a video about a few, a few weeks ago that will be coming out. It's kind of fun, and uh, I do sing on that one. You know, it's not really singing. It's more narrative, mm-hmm, yeah. but um, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. So where will we be able to see that? Uh, VH1 MTV. Oh, they're going to show it on there. Okay, yeah. 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 Now, you've done, uh, back in the 80s, you did a song called Whatever Happened to Eddie, right? <laughs> that was what I was talking about. Yep. Where I had, That's what I thought. <laughs> where I was Munster Manila there. But, yeah, we actually were the first unsigned act ever to be on MTV. Um, we started the basement tapes from that. They did. So I've had, a, you know, I've been instrumental in, in at some level of having some fun in the business. And I did the Teeny Bop thing in 71, and then in 81 and 82, we did the MTV thing. And then now... 30 years past that, we're doing something again. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Huh. Now, after the Munsters went off the air, did you figure that was the end? Uh, but then they made the movies. Was it was it nice to come back and meet the, the whole cast again and everything? Well, you know, I was a kid, so everybody in Hollywood, you know, you get together for a period of time and you work very closely, and then everybody goes their own way. It's just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. But um, it was fun for me being 12, and then when I did Eddie and the Monsters, Al Lewis actually helped me out because I was in New York doing a promotion, and he uh, he did something with the band at the Palladium on the West Coast. And that's kind of how we got back together as adults. It took about 25, about 20 years, because, you know, obviously, you know, they were adults, and I was a kid. It took me time to catch up to them. <laughs> but um, after we, uh, we touched base, uh, we stayed very close. After that, you, like you say, you did some guest shows, and um, mm-hmm. but Lidsville comes along. Uh, how did that role come about for you? Uh, it, went, it went fine. It was, uh, it was, it was, Basically, you know, just now. What, what role were you speaking of exactly? Let me. The, I wasn't quite clear. The role of Mark on Lidsville. Oh, Mark. Well, they came to me on that one. They uh, did. They yeah. uh, sit, meaning they meaning Sid and Marty. Sid and Marty. Yeah. Yeah. They had contacted me. Uh, I had uh, just come back from Brazil. I'd done a movie uh, out of the country, and I'd come back, and they were looking for me, and they found me, and I went up for an interview. And I honestly, I wasn't very interested in doing it because I really thought it was kind of silly with kid stuff mm-hmm. at the time, but. My, my peers at high school said, well, you know, if it's a paying gig and you're going to make all this money and everybody's going to be asleep on Saturday morning anyway, so nobody will ever see it. <laughs> and I thought, I said, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so little did I know the thing would become a classic, and it's, it would be on for four, four years directly from ABC to NBC, and then it was on every Saturday morning at 1030 for four years. And now you can see it, depending on where you're at, it still, it still pops up here and there on the Croft Superstar show. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah and it, it is a good show. I'm glad I did it in hindsight. I, it's when I saw Pee Wee's Playhouse, I looked back and I said, and that's a hit now that Lidsville was as good as that, if not better, 20 years before. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but when you were making it, did, did you ever think that it would become, you know, it's like a cult classic, no. really? No, I never did. I, I actually hated it when I was doing it. I really? just hated it. But... You know, I did it. I took the job, and I fulfilled my obligation, but I was very unhappy, and it took me time to grow in to appreciate what I really had done. And now they're making it into a, a Dreams, DreamWorks is doing it uh, as a 3D movie, animated movie, oh. in production as we speak. And they're making a new Munsters uh, series as well with the gentleman, uh, I think, um, oh God, Brian Fuller, 
I believe is his name. And he did uh, Pushing Up Daisies and Dead Like Me. Mm-hmm. Those are both really cool series that I remember. Yeah, yeah. So is that so actually... the helm of the new Munsters. Yeah, is that actually going on in particular? Yes. It is. Yeah, the tra- it was plugged in the trades last month, and, the, and DreamWorks came up in February with the, with the Lizville uh, exclusive. So uh-huh. both of those are being made, which is kind of neat, because not a lot of people get a chance to see both their, their main shows be remade at the same time. Right, yeah. Huh. Now, is there any chance that they might haul you, know, you back in for a cameo or anything? Well, I'm hoping uh, right now I've got a lot of Facebook people that are signing up and getting a petition, an event petition together, and hopefully your listeners will, uh, will Twitter out into the universe and let, their, let Universal NBC know and DreamWorks know or Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah, yeah, that would be neat. Now, uh, when you made the movie um, Monsters Go Home, uh, mm-hmm. did you actually go to, to England for that one? No, you know they uh, they were on a budget, so we just took the cardboard boat across the pond. You know, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the United the USS United States was not a real boat. Trust me, they had, they had stock footage of it, but we never left Universal the back lot. Yeah. Uh, okay. And <laughs> now uh, you also started doing uh, what eight or nine episodes of uh, My Three Sons. You know, I thought I only did seven or eight, but I actually did seventeen. I did seventeen. Yeah, 17 episodes, three different characters across four years. Wow. Huh. That was kind of unusual. Yeah. Now, uh, being on that show, uh, of course, Stan, Barry, and Don have all been guests on, on my show. Um, was it kind of nice to be on a show with you know some people closer to your age than, than yeah. the monsters? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Me, me and Barry were very good friends on, on the show, and, and we still are. I mean, we don't hang around together, but I see Stan occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don and I talk occasionally, and... Uh, but some of the episodes with Barry as my best friend, and uh, he you know, he was, you know, obviously he was a star, and I was his best friend, coming and going, some very funny episodes in the, in the late 60s we did together. Really good stuff. And and working with Fred McMurray, and the director was Freddie de Cordova, who did all the Tonight Shows. Mm-hmm. So you were really working around, and even for that matter, William Demarest, you know, good stuff. Oh, yeah, jeez. Yeah. Classic actor there, that's for sure. Yeah, good, very, very strong, very strong show. Yeah. You did a film, A Child is Waiting. With mm-hmm. Burt Lancaster and Judy Garland, I understand. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I can't say Sal, I've seen the movie. Was in it. What was that? Uh, no, I, I think Salminia was in it as well. I remember. Really? Yeah. How was it working with them? Uh, well, Burt was great. I never did work with Judy. I didn't have any scenes with her. No I had scenes, scenes with okay. Burt. Uh, it was cool. It was a nice guy. Uh, Barry Gordon played another guy in it, and uh, I did a. In fact, it was really funny. In fact, I did a really cool movie with, with Wayne Newton of all people. It was called Eighty Steps to Jonah. It was Wayne Newton's first movie when he was a young kid. And the supporting role was Mickey Rooney, Keenan Wynn, Joan Van Fleet, Academy Award winner from East of Eden. Uh, let me see, Sal Mineo, and all these great people were in it. And it was just this little B movie that that, uh, that Wayne Newton did. And a lot of times you do these movies that nobody ever hears of, but it's really good experience because you're working with really good quality actors. Oh yeah. Overall, being a monster, <laughs> all these years, and I'm sure back then you never thought that, you know, how many years has it been now? Uh, uh, we're looking at 47. 47 years later, people are still talking about it, still watching it, still buying the DVDs. <laughs> still loving it, still buying the merch. I come, I go to shows sometimes, and people come up with the collections and the things they've collected of the toys, the, the garments, the T-shirts. Um, just, it's amazing, really. Is it's, it's pretty much one of the two or three most valuable collectible collections you can get, the stuff that holds its value that, that well, and people just love it. I mean, you know, a lot of major... Excuse me. A lot of major stars love the show, and it's not like it's their one of their favorite shows. They'll just come out and say it's my favorite show. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it that was nice. it was a lot of a lot of fun. Actually, you, yeah, it was. It was great, man. Yeah. It treated me well, and uh, you know, Hollywood was. Uh, it can be a little rough on people, but all in all, you know, I weathered it and survived. And well, I don't know. It's the last the last nine or ten months or so, I've I kind of got myself cleaned up, and you know, I've been clean and sober now for almost nine and a half months. Congratulations! Been back in the business, everything. I know it's been great, though. It's been a long time coming. I, you know, in the '60s, growing up in Hollywood and having a little itch to party and have a good time, it was a place to be, and a lot of people did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you wanted to run a muck, you 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 had no problem finding someone to do it with. Yeah, Paul Peterson has a lot to do with the kid. Oh sure, John Paul lives. He lives in the same city as me, Gardena, and he grew up. Although we didn't know each other until his my neighbor uh, was his sister in law. Huh. Uh, you know, and that's how I wound up meeting Paul. And he here we here we are. We're in the same town, within a mile of each other, not knowing each other until I met him. And then he got his act together, and he started minor consideration, and has done such good work. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's a great, great supporter, and he's been just instrumental in my recovery as well. I have, as have a lot of people. So it's, uh, it's very good to give back. You know, everybody in this business is very, very much a, a fraternity of sorts, and everybody likes to see everybody else do well. Yeah. So, uh, are there any other projects you have going on that uh, you want to let us know about? Well, I'm going to be going on a train, tra- train tour here, uh, the end of September, all of October into November, cross country. I mean, I have prostate cancer. I'm having my prostate uh, removed here in about two weeks. Wow. And I can't fly for two months, and I had this booking in place, so I just transferred the plane flights into a train tour. And now it's really picking up steam, no pun intended. <laughs> and we're going to be stopping all along the way, meeting and greeting people and asking their opinions on the new Munster show, whether or not I should be participating in it in it or what kind of uh, a cast would they like to have and we're going to di- get this back to NBC Universal. Then hopefully I'm going to be talking to Sid and Marty about the DreamWorks project as well. And then we've got the Butch Patrick CSI which is Clean and Sober Individual YouTube videos that I put out every week uh, to keep people updated on uh, in recovery and try to help other people if, uh, with their situations as best I can because that's kind of how the whole process works. Wow, that's great. All right. All right. Well, I, final two questions. You got it, my friend. Your favorite TV show of all time. Not necessarily, you know, ones you were in, but just ones no, you enjoyed. The Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone, okay. Yep. And no what uh, is your favorite movie of all time? Uh, well, it's, you know, there's so many good movies, but it's The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Wizard of Oz, yeah. Yeah, it is. But there's a lot of other, there's so many great movies that I like, but when it really comes down to it, The Wizard of Oz is just, just a gem. And I've, I enjoy watching it, and I watch it over and over and over again. So I guess it's got to be the number one. Butch, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Brian, it's been my pleasure. And uh, good luck with your show, and I'll be listening to it and see who, what other guests you have on after me. And a big thank you going out to Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster, of course. Love that show, The Munsters, with Eddie Munster and Herman and Lily and Grandpa and the whole bunch. Great show. If you get a chance, check it out. It's on DVD, of course. And also be sure to send us your suggestions on who you would like to see as a guest on On Screen and Beyond. You can simply do that by emailing us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And uh, if you want, a lot of people just send me a message. Talk to me. I read them all. And uh, also, if uh, you get a chance, like us on Facebook. Go to our On Screen and Beyond homepage. Go right down to the bottom. We have a link right there. You can get to it. And uh, that's about it. That's a wrap for this week. And I hope you'll join us next time when we once again take you on screen and beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemerak. Take care. Uh-huh.